If you haven't heard already, the United States Supreme Court overturned the rent moratorium extension issued by the CDC. Let's talk about it. Hey guys, welcome to the hashtag Get Real Woke podcast. I'm your host, Frederick D. Scott. I'm a private equity investor, business consultant, philanthropist, author, and contributing writer for Entrepreneur Magazine. I have over 15 years of experience in the finance industry, and I used to own an investment banking and advisory firm. Currently, I hold designations as a financial modeling and valuation analyst, capital markets and securities analyst, commercial banking and credit analyst, and I hold a diploma in Islamic finance. And today is hashtag Situation Saturday. This is the time during the week where I come on and I take relevant events that are happening in the business, finance, economic environment here in the United States and abroad. I bring it back to the community I break it down so everybody can understand it and that together we can hashtag make it make sense. Now, before I get into today's topic, I need everybody to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, and definitely leave me a comment at the bottom of this episode to let me know what you think. Now, if you haven't already, I most definitely need you to hit that join button if you're on an Android phone. And if you're on an iPhone, I need you to hit the link in the description or the link pinned to the comments of this episode so you can join the hashtag Real Woke Live chat community and be eligible to participate in the hashtag Learn to Earn Cash giveaway where I give away a minimum of $1,000 every single month live right here on the hashtag Get Real Woke podcast. All right, let's get into it. So today's topic is, as you heard uh, at the beginning of this podcast episode, we're going to be discussing what the United States Supreme Court did under the cover of darkness, literally on Thursday. So on Thursday evening, the United States Supreme Court decided uh, in a in a divided uh, in a divided Supreme Court, that they were going to overturn the CDC's extension of the rent moratorium. So that means that the federal protections that were being extended, which froze the eviction process for millions of people across the United States, is now over. Now, if you remember, we talked about this on the podcast probably about, I'd say about a month ago, and I warned uh, the community about what was coming, and then there was an extension. I didn't do much discussion on the CDC's extension, but I did think that they overreached their capabilities 
uh, under, under federal law. And the Supreme Court has just confirmed that opinion. Now, the interesting thing about this is that I, I really don't like the way the Supreme Court went about this. I feel like they did this very quickly. Uh, they didn't have much uh, discussion about it. They didn't really have any substantive uh, hearings on the situation. They didn't let the the both parties, both legal parties to come in and present cases. They just kind of ruled on it arbitrarily. And you know, their position on it was that the CDC had uh, definitely reached very far and taken a very liberal and broad uh, interpretation of the legislation that is available to them to be able to enact certain things uh, underneath the CDC's purview. And the, the majority opinion was that basically based on the CDC's interpretation, that would open the door for them to practically do anything. And, and the U.S. Supreme Court didn't like that. And so in light of that, they, in a majority opinion, uh, decided to uh, overturn the rent moratorium. Now, let's look at this first of all, and, and I want to just kind of break down and unpack every little piece of this uh, to the best of my ability. You know, we got to look at the politics behind this situation, right? And this is why, you know, voting is so important. Voting is important because, you know, a, a president was elected in Donald Trump that opened the door for him, given what happened on the United States Supreme Court bench with the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, may God rest her soul. You know, it opened the door for him to make a nomination uh, for the Supreme Court. And nominations on the Supreme Court don't happen every presidency. You know, like when you get appointed to the United States Supreme Court, it's a lifetime appointment. And so this was a very, very big deal. And of course, Donald Trump did uh, what a Republican would do, which he put on the bench, nominated and, and, and got it approved through Senate, uh, the ability to put on an extremely conservative Republican. And so what that did was it leaned the United States Supreme Court to the Republican side of, of the political spectrum and the political viewpoints. And so in light of that, right, what we see now are the, the effects, the long-term effects that these kinds of things can have, you know, for our community. And this is why getting out to the polls to vote is so very important, especially in presidential elections, because the choice of not voting can have so many ramifications for such a long period of time, this being an example of it, that, you know, that are seen and unseen, that it, it, it really can put us in, in, in a really bad spot as a community. Now, with that said, what does this mean for our community? Well, as of today, a number of landlords across the United States have begun filing evictions. For example, in the state of New York right now, you know, the state of New York, actually, one of their agencies actually sent out a notice uh, to, to everyone uh, in the state of New York that they have email addresses for. And I actually, it was forwarded to me, so I had an opportunity to see it that let everyone know that at this point, 
you know, the, it is now open. The courts are now open to hold conferences on evictions. So landlords now have the ability to move forward in the eviction process. Now, advocates for ending the, the rent moratorium, you know, could definitely say, okay, it's about time. Landlords are getting sh uh, shafted. You know, landlords were not able to, you know, recoup much needed uh, income from, from tenants that weren't paying their debt obligations if they have mortgages were stacking up. And, you know, a lot of landlords, you know, are small landlords that have one or two houses, you know, somewhere around in there. And, you know, it was difficult for them and a difficult financial burden to carry someone that wasn't paying rent. And I do understand that argument. I do understand that argument uh, very well. As someone that's been in finance for over 15 and a half years, I do believe that landlords should be paid when they have a tenant in their property. However, we have to also look at the other side of this too, which is there has been a severe uh, uh, situation, an unforeseen situation that has affected the ability for many people to work or find work that is going to be safe and protect them from COVID and provide a living that would be able to uh, sustain their, their monthly uh, obligations like rent, like uh, utilities, food, et cetera, et cetera. And so while for some people that wasn't the case, they just said, hey, forget it. I'm just not paying. I got a free ride. I'm going to take it for a lot of people that just simply wasn't the case, right? And to make it even worse, you know, yes, the government did provide, you know, pandemic unemployment assistance, stimulus checks, et cetera, et cetera. But when you really look at it, especially in a place like New York where I live, man, listen, those stimulus payments, those PUA checks, all of that stuff right there, man, the cost of living is so high here that that stuff might've, paid a portion of the rent, but it wasn't, de it definitely was not going to be enough to continue to sustain rent and pay for other obligations while being unemployed, which a lot of people ended up being. Moreover, let's talk about the fact that a lot of people did want to go to work, but you got to remember that now, you know, children were home from school. They were actually doing school in a distanced environment. And so a lot of single mothers didn't have the opportunity or could not afford daycare and no allowances were made for that. So some mothers, even though they did want to work, had a difficult time finding a job that was going to pay them uh, the requisite amount of money necessary for them to be able to work and look after their children and put food on the table and pay their all of their obligations. It just wasn't possible. I think the biggest failure here, more than anything, is the fact that, okay, you gave out a rent moratorium, but what about a mortgage moratorium? What about providing capital to the financial institutions that have debt obligations out there uh, or, or, or have extended uh, debt facilities, credit facilities to landlords? Why not giving them some sort of financial assistance as well so that way they can pass through some sort of moratorium or workout or temporary freeze on mortgage obligations for a period of time because the government is 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 subsidizing them with the capital necessary to make up the 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 shortfall in, in mortgage payments that they're not able to collect.
that would have been smart, right? To take a top-down approach and assist everyone so no one has to feel the burden. And, and this is now uh, supported by the government. The government supported the renters. The government supported those that were uh, unfortunately able to work. Why not do it for everyone? Why not do it across the board? And I think that that was where one of the fall downs was. And granted, yes, long term, we would have paid for this in inflation and tax hikes and things of that nature, but it would have solved a, a, a situation that was imminent and needed to be addressed properly. And so, but they didn't do that. And so now, of course, right, the chickens have come home to roost. And so now what we're going to see is a, a substantive rise in evictions. Now you're going to have single mothers with children, families in the street with nowhere to go that now are facing desperate times that are going to be couch surfing and things like that. And I don't know about you, but one of the old adages that I was raised on that I live on is that fish stink after three days. So while you can come stay at somebody's house, you know, at the end of the day, even if you're contributing a little bit here and there where you can financially, I mean, people overall like their own space and don't like, you know, people that are not, you know, immediate family, I mean, crashing in their space and encroaching upon their private space and their, their place of peace and respite. And so what you're going to end up having is a lot of people that are sleeping in cars, you know, and finding shelter wherever they can find it. Right. And, you know, fortunately in the state of New York, we have a pretty decent homeless shelter system, but I mean, we can't support the amount of evictions that are getting ready to come. And so the reality of the situation in other states, no other state uh, has a, a homeless shelter system like New York City has. No other state, no other city, no other county has it, period. There's nothing like it uh, anywhere else in the country. So even in the, somewhere as liberal as the state of New York, where we have a really good homeless shelter system, it can't support the amount of evictions that are getting ready to befall our state. And as such, there are going to still be a lot of people that are not going to have anywhere to go. Imagine how much that's going to be magnified across the country. So what does that mean? Desperate times call for desperate measures. So people in the disparity of trying to figure it out and, and get themselves together and take care of their families and take care of these children that are now sleeping in cars, potentially sleeping in cardboard boxes, sleeping under bridges and things like that. In order to, to try to figure out a way out of that, what do you think is going to happen? Crime is going to go through the roof. So now you've made entire communities, entire states, entire counties, entire cities potentially unsafe because the amount of break-ins is going to go up. The amount of robberies in general are going to go up. The amount of a number of things are going to go up quite considerably which is now going to strain police departments, right? And cause them to act in a more uh, aggressive and erratic fashion. So what does that mean? Based on psychological biases of what we'll say the Caucasian uh, demographic and overall uh, the police departments uh, that have, you know, overwhelming uh, Caucasian majorities, you know, given those psychological biases that are there, of course, they're going to be much more on edge because now they're working a lot more hours than they normally would. They're not getting the amount of sleep as they normally would. Crime rates are through the roof. And so they are more on edge and more likely to commit some sort of atrocity against African-American and Hispanic 
communities, which is where the crime rates are going to increase the most. So this puts a number of things on the table at this point that I'm not so sure the United States Supreme Court and moreover, the federal legislature really considered. Now, what are the options at this point for the federal government? Well, Democrats control an overwhelming majority in the House so they can pass legislation there, and they have a narrow majority in the Senate. However, you have to understand that in the Senate, a lot of your more moderate and conservative Democrats are not so much on board with federal legislation and passing legislation that could put, that, that could put rent moratoriums in place in a more concrete fashion. The truth of the situation is Democrats simply do not have the votes at the Senate level. And so overall, there's not going to be any legislation to that, that will be able to put a backstop in place unless there's some substantive sacrifices in horse trading. And I just don't see that happening at a substantive, substantive enough level um, in the Senate to make this fly. Because in order for this to work in the Senate, every single Democrat would have to vote yes. And then Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris, would then be the tie-breaking deciding vote. And of course, she would vote in favor of, of, of federal legislation to put rent moratoriums in a more concrete place. So the reality of the situation is that's just not going to happen, in my opinion, uh, based on looking at the political landscape. I just don't see that happening. So now, what do we do as a community? Because I think that's the answer at this question is, and I think that's the question that many people have at this point hearing this news is, well, what are we supposed to do as a community? How do we survive this situation? So let's talk about a couple of things, right? So one of the things that President Biden had put out to the different states was to use the money that was being funded by the federal government to promote, to, to uh, create and, and, and roll out emergency assistance programs, right? So let's talk about the state of New York. And so if you live in the state of New York, this is specifically for you. So in the state of New York right now, we have what is called an emergency rental assistance program. And I am going to drop a link uh, into the description for all of you that live in New York state to be able to take a look at and get the assistance that you're going to need to be able to do this. Because right now in the state of New York, if you apply for emergency rent, the, uh, the emergency rental assistance program, what happens is while that decision is being made, once the application is in and they're reviewing the application and making a decision, that right there freezes any eviction process that your landlord can take. Moreover, even because they're offering up to 12 months of uh, uh of rent assistance of back rent assistance and i believe an additional three months of rental payments into the future here's the thing even if you don't qualify for the entire 12 months under the emergency rental assistance program even if they only pay a portion of your rent one month two months three months whatever it is that allows you now to have certain protections from eviction, such as 
a 12 month extension on your eviction, which means that as long as the emergency rental assistance program contributes something towards your rent, the landlord now has the inability to evict you for an, another 12 months, which is a great thing that people will need because it will now give people the opportunity and more breathing room to be able to seek out uh, additional income options, legal additional income options to be able to work things out with the landlord or find a new place to live. Uh, that is going to be palatable, habitable for themselves and their families. And I think that is a wonderful thing. That's what's happening in the state of New York. Several states, especially Democratic states, have similar programs in place. So what I would encourage people to do is do the research. This is a time where you have to do the research and find out what is available in your state by way of resources to help you stave off eviction and prevent your family from being in the street. Now, for you guys that live in Republican states, unfortunately, a lot of Republican states aren't doing much of anything. And I feel that my heart goes out to anybody that lives, especially these Southern Republican states. My heart goes out to you guys because, I mean, these Southern Republican legislators just really don't care and know that this is going to disproportionately affect uh, disenfranchised communities of color and don't and have no no care, no regard, no anything. And and that's really, really unfortunate. But it shows you that the more things change, the more things stay the same. Right. We're in an unprecedented time, uh, unprecedented time where, you know, there's a big push for diversity, equity and inclusion. And there are some well-meaning, well-to-do Caucasian people that have a problem with the way things have been operating in the country for, you know, specifically in the United States, for disenfranchised communities of color and have uh, definitely taken proactive, actionable, measurable steps to you know, uh, rectify those wrongs. But there's still very much a subsect of the, the Caucasian community, especially these older conservative Republican legislators who want things to stay exactly the same. And if they could, would roll back things to an even darker period in the United States history uh, for disenfranchised communities of color. And so because they have the ability to... Uh, effectually make decisions, they've made the decision to do nothing and watch as disenfranchised communities of color suffer. And that is very disheartening and unfortunate. Now, I wanted to share this with you because on the other side of that, I can't stress enough. Please, please, please save whatever money you can because it's getting ready to get really, really ugly for our community right here in the United States. And save every dollar you can cut back on expenses wherever you can uh to be able to 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 save more money pick up a side hustle uh a second job whatever you've got to do to bring in more income cut expenses to be able to have more discretionary income that you can save because these times are getting ready to get really dark uh, these times are getting ready to get really hectic and you're going to need every dollar you can to be able to put your family in the best situation to survive what's coming next. Now, for those of you who don't live in New York and don't know what to do and need help, please, 
please, please feel free to reach out to me anytime at frederickdscottllc at gmail.com or directly on Instagram, uh, uh, which my Instagram uh, handle is at frederickdscott. Please feel free to reach out to you, to me because if I can provide you any resources, any assistance, make any calls to get you some resources, I'm more than happy to do it. Because at the end of the day, we as a community, nobody's going to take care of us better than we take care of ourselves. And those of us who have the means and the relationships and, and, and the ability to find the resources need to do that at this time. Our community needs us that can do more now than almost at any other time in history in the United States. So please, please feel free to reach out to me anytime, okay? Guys, that's all I have for you guys. I wanted to share this with you and give you my feedback and my opinion on this situation. You know, I know it's not the best of news, uh, but I'm here for you guys to help however I can. All right, guys, I hope that, you know, this helps somebody out there. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel like you're a burden or anything because anybody, anybody that reaches out, those conversations are confidential conversations that will remain with me and and my team of people that I bring in to help you where we can, okay? So please understand that as well. Guys, if you like the information I provide, if you like the things I do here on this podcast, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, leave me a comment at the bottom of this episode to let me know what you think. And if you haven't already, definitely, if you're on an Android phone, hit the join button, and if you're on an iPhone, hit the link in the description or the link pinned to the comments of this episode uh, to become a member of the hashtag Real Woke Live Chat community and be eligible to participate in the hashtag Learn to Earn Cash Giveaway, where I give away a minimum of $1,000 every month live right here on the hashtag Get Real Woke podcast. And part of the reason, guys, that I give away that $1,000 is specifically because I knew things like this were coming and I knew people would need the help and assistance. So please, please definitely join the hashtag Real Woke Live Chat community so you can be eligible to have an opportunity to win the $1,000 that I give away every single month live right here on the hashtag Get Real Woke podcast. All right, guys. Yo, listen, thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you so much for allowing me uh, to pour into you guys as much as I possibly can, share the information and knowledge that I have to help you guys grow, learn, execute better, and be able to accomplish these things that you want to accomplish in your personal and professional life. Continue to share this information, share this content with anybody that you think can benefit because the more eyes that we get on this content, the more people will be able to be impacted and benefit from the things that I'm providing here on the hashtag Get World World podcast. All right, guys. So listen, again, thank you so much and please do not hesitate to reach out. All right. So until the next hashtag, Situation Saturday, I'm out!